Okay, hello everybody. My name is Rainy Gulati and I live in Rishikesh at the present time and I have done for, I don't know, fifth, I don't know, a quite a long time, nearly, nearly two decades. And um, I'm an Ayurveda practitioner, I'm born in Britain, I'm a lawyer and um, I run a women's empowerment organization. And today um, I've got my lovely friend, Emily, who's also lived in, the, um, in Rishikesh pretty much for nearly two decades also. And um, we're just gonna talk a little bit about um, living the life of an expat in, um, in India. And I um, just have to add that I am technically, um, by my genetics, I am an Indian, but I was born in the UK. So um, I don't know, but I think of myself as, I don't know what I think of myself as, but I kind of live an expat kind of life, I suppose. And um, Emily, would you introduce yourself um, and your background a little bit? Sure. Thanks for having me, Renu. Um, my name is Emily. I came from Canada, but um, I technically came in a roundabout way to India. I've been traveling and working abroad since I was 18. Um, and I landed in Rishikesh in India in 2002. So yeah, coming up to two decades. It's a, an incredible journey. Um, I came here or found myself into this place because of uh, a search for Kundalini yoga and being handed um, a book on Kundalini yoga actually in Australia uh, by Swami Radha, um, a Shivananda devotee that was in Rishikesh and I became enamored with uh, what Kundalini Yoga was and how I could find it and where um, this knowledge was available and hence uh, came to India to seek that out. Although I didn't end up at Shivananda Yoga, it was more of a male forest academy. <laughs> and I didn't know that at the time when I arrived until I was actually here in, in their facility. And so I ventured across the river to the Ramjula side and uh, definitely um, took up residency, so to speak, or at least temporary residency and uh, learning all that I could from the space provided. So everything from Kundalini Yoga, Advaita Vedanta, Ayurveda, um, so many different modalities of yoga lifestyle and just uh, patience, acceptance and surrendering to Ganga. So that's sort of how I got here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a similar, well, not similar, but somewhat similar um, entry into Rishikesh. I mean, I came because I um, wanted to um, study Ayurveda, and um, but I started my journey in Gujarat, in um, an Ayurveda university, which I didn't um, continue, and um, um, and then I um, I was always enamoured by Rishikesh, having been here when I was sixteen, and enamoured by um, the Ganga. And um, I don't know, I was not a religious girl or brought up as a Hindu or anything, although I come from a, you know, I come from what you call a Hindu family, but we were not brought up like that. But I just, you know, I was kind of a punky rebel and I kind of fell in love with Ganga. And um, when back in the UK, I got involved with um, Swami Shivananda's organization. And then I got enamored by Swami Shivananda and the whole, you know, uh, the Hatha Yoga. And so I ended up in Rishikesh for, for yoga, well, for primarily Hatha Yoga. And um, yeah, and Ganga. And, um, and it was kind of not like a, maybe like you, not like a kind of, um, a kind of, you know, a decision that I would be here for two decades. It was just, it just kind of happened gradually over time. Was that how it was for you? It just happened? Yeah, it definitely wasn't an immediate decision to to um, end up here for the time period, but I did know fairly quickly 
that this was home. I think this was the first place I ever really felt that I was at home, but not at home in the sense of four walls and a roof above, because it's never really been that for me. It's, it's about the energy and the supportive love that surrounds that idea of home and the acceptance of self and the self-love that sort of came with falling into your soul space. Yeah. And do you, um, when you think of home, do you think, I know you said it's not about walls, but do you feel like India or Rishikesh is your home more than you feel that Canada is your home or is nowhere your home (laughs) except your heart? (laughs) Well, I'll choose a couple of those answers. I I think uh, (laughs) home is always in the heart and um, the places that give you that sense of um, living in your heart are the places that I call home. Now, geographically, Rishikesh has definitely become one of those spaces and um, it's it's been home base for the better part of the 19 years. So it's certainly um, created that space and that nurturing um, ability to nest in somewhere it's actually the first place i've ever had a home (laughs) in in the sense not gypsying around and it's the only place i've uh spent as much time as i've spent in canada so Mm. it definitely is a divide i mean uh i was born in canada i love where i was born it's a beautiful country beautiful space as well and it, it certainly holds my heart in a different way but um yeah rishikesh had um evolved my sense of home i guess from you know the the biological sense of home um, and the sense of patriotism to your own country into something that I felt was more universal and spiritual. And it, it put me in place with like-minded people. So I felt more like my tribe was here somehow. Mm-hmm. And you didn't feel that in Canada or any other place so much? I didn't feel like I didn't belong there, but I just felt that when I arrived here, there was a more uh, broader perspective than how I grew up. It was in a rural, small town environment, very country oriented on a farm, kind of old school. There was only 9,000 people in my uh, town. So the perspective wasn't very broad. And then having traveled um, most of my life um, around the world. I've, I was working on boats um, as a chef prior to coming into being a yoga teacher. And it's always been travel and tourism, but um, that sort of leads you to widen your horizons in different ways when you're in contact with people from around the world and different cultures and different lifestyles. And I think Rishikesh especially is a melting pot of that. And it sort of gave you the sense of um, small town, big city, you know? So it had that international flair. It had the history of a very um, deep local connection, um, being on a, a pilgrimage, and then also having local tourism from India coming on that pilgrimage. So there was really sort of like a, a crossroads of many different things meeting here that sort of attracted me into this space. And do you feel like, um, I know we talked about home is where the heart is, but um, do you feel yourself, I mean, I say this because I feel it, um, like in some ways I don't really belong here because I'm culturally quite different, although I, value and admire the Indian, I don't even want to say Indian, I'd rather say universal systems of knowledge that have come from here. Um, um, But still, I don't feel a sense of, 
Well, belonging here, I mean, it's not that I felt a sense of belonging anywhere, probably like you, more of a gypsy kind of existence, but um, I'm beginning to feel more and more as time goes on over these two decades that um, um, a kind of sense of like wanting to belong um, in, a, in a kind of um, not just a heart way, but in a, in a kind of more grounded, um, I don't know, uh, in a kind of external way as well. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say here. Sure. No, I think that happens a lot in expat societies and I could sort of consider Rishikesh an expat society a little bit as well. Mm. Um, I lived in that in Asia before coming to India. So, um, it's a, it's almost like a two tier system. You know, you have uh, a, a system in place that has a depth in a lot of culture that is not your own, which is very exotic and attractive in the beginning and uh, offers a lot of interesting experiences. Yeah. However, um, especially I think being a woman, mm. Uh, Asian or Indian cultures, you're an unusual woman because one, you're not here with a husband, you're not here in um, uh, in a relationship to the society. Yeah. And so how do you find yourself fitting into that day-to-day -day life yeah. as an expat? So yeah. I think we've sort of, placed ourselves in these situations um, to gain experience and knowledge and to also bring a different perspective to perhaps the local culture and society that, hey, you know, there's other ways that you can do things and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's the point that I was feeling like, you know, I don't feel integrated into the Indian society and I feel more integrated with the Western society, although a lot of it is transient. And that kind of creates a sense of sometimes ungroundedness because of the transience of it. Um, so it's not like living, um, what do you call what's not whatever normal is, there's no normal at the moment anyway, but there's not a sense of like, like when I was in London, for example, I lived in one place and, you know, I'd go to work, I'd see the same people, you know, I, I'd go to the, it was kind of, there was a sense of like cohesiveness in the society and I had my, my kind of like place within it. And here, you know, like you said, you know, being a woman, although I'm, I'm Asian by, by my appearance, I'm Indian by my appearance, I'm, you know, I'm not, you know, in, in, the, in the fabric of the external society. And so that kind of creates sometimes a little conflict for me. And yet, if I think about going back to the UK, that also creates a, a bit of conflict for me because it's like, it's two decades nearly, right? That I've been here. And it's not the country that I left behind. Um, and um, there's not that kind of social cohesiveness that there used to be, you know, and, you know, just popping into people's houses. And, you know, I lived in London, so <clears throat> people live a very fast life. So, um, so yeah, so that's the reason I wanted to have this uh, conversation with you, this dialogue with you, because I wanted to hear, you know, what, what your views were um, on this whole thing of like, you know, you know, feeling at home in the heart, but not feeling um, connected to the fabric of the very society that you're, you're, you're living in. And I know you said it brings out, you know, another, it brings out another perspective, another way of life that people may not, you know, consider, but it does affect, well, it does affect me on an individual level sometimes that I don't belong. I don't, I'm not in the jigsaw, you know, I'm out, I'm out of the jigsaw. <laughs> No, I totally understand your feelings. I think um, all of us at different points, whoever stayed um, for long periods of time have uh, recognized the transientness and also recognized like um, uh, 
the society open to new possibilities in different ways, but perhaps not for us. Um, what I've seen happen um, that that hasn't worked out for me in any uh, way is now um, there's quite a few intermarriages happening. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of um, uh, women that are marrying you know, Indian locals, and they're setting things up here in uh, in a joint way. Now, yeah. when I first got here, and when you got here, that was not a possibility in the cards at all. It just, mm -hmm. it was not, maybe for you, um, maybe it could have been easier coming from an Indian heritage, yeah. but we were seen very differently, you know, um, and, and kind of, uh, almost uh not uh what's the right word you stood out but in the wrong way for most of the locals you know yeah and i think as much as i've longed to belong and be a part of the society you know i'm gonna be a part of it in the way that i can be a part of it you know, and I've sort of had to make peace with some of that because it is a transient society. I do make new friends every year. It's birthed a whole different type of existence where I have my cappuccino girlfriends all around the world instead yeah. of necessarily being down the road that I can meet up with all the time. Yeah. And um, it's also given me, you know, um, a place for them to come back to as well, you know, because I stayed and a lot of people move through. Um, there's a different, a different connection with a lot of people because they want to not just stay connected with, with me, but with India. And because I'm here, I think it's given a lot of uh, sense to that, you know, that we've, I've kept friendships that perhaps would have fallen apart had we been in the same place, you know, all these years, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I also feel those feelings of, of um, not totally belonging or fitting in mm -hmm. and, and yet feeling very at home and very comfortable um, in the environment as well, you know, like, I, I mean... Uh, I'm I connect more with nature I connect more like as you do with Ganga I connect with my familiar peeps that I run into every day and it might just be shopkeepers and maybe that's my only interaction with like locals in some cases because a lot of them are tucked away and living a very family-oriented life and without me having a family I don't fit into that world so easily. And that's not just here, that's also at home. You know, most of my girlfriends also have families and kids. And so you're sort of already separate from how people see, I don't know, normal anyways. So um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just a here thing or if it's an everywhere thing or if it's just a lifestyle choice thing that I've, I've made different choices by not marrying and having kids. Yeah. And um, how, how do you feel about Canada? Have being here for two decades changed your um, feelings towards Canada um, in terms of ever going back and living there or your... Um, I don't know, your sense of connectedness with Canada, if ever you felt that on a deep level? Definitely. Um, I grew up on a big farm, so wide open spaces were a very big part of my reality and, and what I loved. And um, coming to India was very shocking with like a billion people to deal in. You know, we have the population about the same as Delhi. <laughs> so um, uh, I miss the wide open spaces of home and, and some of the, the beauties that farm life, you know, afforded me, you know, that just the roaming and the emptiness that's there. Um, 
it also made me appreciate space in a different way um, and acknowledge that not everyone knows about space. (laughs) Space is important because, you know, um, yeah, it's a luxury in India. And even if you think you're in an empty space within seconds, you know, somebody shows up. So it's, it's a different sense of, um, you're never really alone and kind of an interesting thing. Um, especially if you feel alone with many, many people around for me, um, there's certainly things I miss about Canada and that I love going back to and appreciate more because I've been away. Um, It's also very different from when I left there and not just because it's changed, but I've changed and um, my values, my ideas um, have been cracked wide open, um, especially from living in different societies, one being most impactful, India. Um, But I will tell you that I started to buy my tickets differently, which sort of changed my idea about where home was originally. I started buying, I I started with one-way tickets coming to India. What? And um, when I had to leave and go to work somewhere else, I I changed my idea because as soon as I left India, I missed the energy and the vibrancy and this depth that's here, that's woven into the fabric of everything. It's so alive and so what I started doing was booking my tickets the other way so I always got a return when I left and Mm -hmm. so for me that kind of signified like this was home yeah 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 I I did that too I mean I I generally always bought a two-way ticket because um I would always want to be back because when I'd go back, I'd often go, mostly I'd go back for three months to the UK, three months, four months. And then, you know, like you, exactly as you describe it, that's how, that's how I felt, you know, and I long to, to be back here for that very reason that you described. But then, you know, as time goes on and, you know, now with um, kind of being somewhat caged in um, with the coronavirus, um, uh, pandemic um the grass is kind of looking even more greener on the other side you know um and and i haven't been back to the uk for actually even pre-corona i haven't been back for quite some years so um um yeah so i i kind of like live live a kind of um virtual existence or an expat virtual existence with um, with the UK quite a lot or you know people around the world who are also expats from you know from the UK um, to sustain that part of my um, my being which was my my upbringing you know um, so um, you know even like yesterday I talked to an American an English woman who lives in America I talked to an English woman who lived in Spain and we were all talking about food and different things it's just some kind of like familiarity you know when you speak have the same accent and you um, you know you there there are certain things that you know you can connect with I mean they're, they're silly little things but they're kind of nostalgic and um, they kind of um, you know, they're, I don't know how to describe it, but they kind of, um, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful moments that you've had, you know, in, in your, in your life. And I, like you, like you were so, talking about appreciating things. Um, so, and then I started to appreciate much more, you know, of, of this, of, of, of the UK, but in practical terms, when I think of going back, it's like, it seems like a kind of mammoth, um, task to to start again you know partly because the society's changed and partly because i've changed so um yeah so i'm I'm here for for the moment um yeah this is definitely one of the hazards of living in um uh 
many different places and wearing many different hats, you know, like um, I set out to be a jack of all trades, master of none and travel the world and, you know, never really expecting to stop. And then all of a sudden we're stopped. And, uh, you know, as much as um, I used India as a, a launching pad or a home base and have traveled out tremendously um, from here over the last 19 years, um, this is the actual first time since I think ever, even when I was a kid, I've never slept in the same bed for over 15 months now you know and um there is a a very interesting sense of grounding that has come from that and i can understand more um people that were like oh no don't you just miss home or don't you don't you just want to be in your own space and i think because i traveled so much and moved around so much and was so used to the 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 journey that you didn't really think about it so much either you know my life worked in stages of six months you know like mm-hmm. I do six months here and then I do six months back in India and then I do six months here and then I do six months back in India and this was kind of the ongoing for a while and then it became eight months in India. And then, you know, now it's like up to full time and in a whole other realm. So um, I'm also living in that virtual world of connecting with all the beautiful people that are in my life all over the place. But um, I have to say, I it, like just being in the same place has really made me fall in love with me, you yeah. know, really that opportunity to know all the little nuances that you can ignore when you're in constant movement or if movement is your escape you know like it's it's not I I think travel is like always been my drug of choice you know let's say uh, you know when when that's your um, go-to sort of way of going through the world and you're forced to see it a different way. um, Yeah, it's um, both are really good. There's no, you know, like I miss traveling and I miss like the ability of freedom of movement. And yet I feel like I've gained things that I never would have gained had I not been here in this amazing time and and been able to kind of have Rishikesh to ourselves again where it's quiet mm-hmm. and there's no rafters and yeah. there's just bubbas walking on the street and it has this romance again for me that I thought was getting um, lost by the the tourism and the the sort of spiritual business that seem to be uh, multiplying here yeah yeah definitely it's almost like the Rishikesh of two decades ago and before yeah definitely. there's certainly an element very romantic about it for me where I've just really got to slow down everything again you know like because sometimes our lives get fast even in in um, places that are slow you know and, and uh, it was slow. Like, I don't know what happened in the last five years, but it was like 50 years behind. And then now all of a sudden it's catching up in this big jump and leap. And um, it's having growing pains in, in the doing of that. And it's uh, maybe not doing it as well as it as other places. But um, this sort of reset you know, um, or the simplifying of things in in the lockdown and in the being more um, subjected to being in one space and uh, watching what's going on. Um, If anything, it's just really brought me back to to a simpler way of living and slowing down and watching sunsets and being there for sunrise and luxurious 
ness of time has really been evident. Yeah, and that's one of the things that actually attracted me, you know, to India. And I remember when you took me to um, that the the old tailor, you know, that kind of um, uh, you know in the back streets of nowhere, and you know, and it kind of took me back in time. And it was like, oh my God, this is the India that I had come for, you know, not all these big malls and glass fronted shops and you know fancy stuff and, and it was just the kind of simplicity that I had fallen in love with and when I went to the tailors with you it was it was kind of like old India again you know it was that another era again so um yeah so yeah I mean I don't think that era will necessarily come back but um yeah which is kind of what you know um has taken away some of my passion for for India because that that India won't come again, but that England won't come again either. You know, the, the England that we had won't come again and it's not there. And um, um, I wanted to ask you, have you found, because I found amongst some of my expat friends, the ones that haven't been married to um, local people, that um, as they get older, um, older meaning like, you know, 60s or, or above or whatever, even though they've spent the largest part of their adulthood here, they they tend to flock back to their so-called home, if you like, or their country of nationality or what have you. Um, have you found that yourself? Um, I would say not as much. I, I I've noticed a lot of people that sort of come here for retiring, you know, like, and I feel like my age group is sort of like missing, you know, like, I feel like it's like sort of 20 to 35 and then especially in women and then from 35 to about 50, there's kind of a gap of um, not so many women here because they've gone home to have kids if that's their path and um, you know invested in more of a family life back in their home country or you know setting something up and then people who are over 50 um, I sort of see them coming back or maybe even as couples with like kids and and that and having um a different type of movement and lifestyle in india um in their 60s and that i see people that are quite happy kind of you know existing here um not particularly this year i will say obviously because of lockdown situation but i think there's quite a few people that have used that have sort of like um found a, a beauty and a hippie lifestyle that they haven't been able to find anywhere else mm. and so they stay here right well that's that's interesting because it's almost the opposite of what what i've been um observing uh, myself even though we're living in the same place um so to speak across the river um and um i wanted to ask you about you like what what do you think i mean i know planning is not an easy thing to do or necessarily something that actually happens but do you have any any vision for your future about where you might stay or how things might pan out and I know it's difficult during the pandemic to, to kind of make a decision but um, um, yeah I'd like to hear what you'd have to say about that. Well I think a lot of people that I know that have been here you know, around the same amount of time, you know, sort of 15 plus years, not just here, but that we're sort of maybe Goa friends or, you know, upper in the mountain friends from Manali or Dharmasala. Everybody has sort of come to the conclusion that India is being a little bit over-touristic. Now, I'm not saying that hasn't happened everywhere, but we've watched it happen here in yeah. the way it's it's boomed. Whereas before India was like sort of a rugged backpacker who's been on the road for years kind yeah. of ace, you yeah. know, 
with the Lonely Planet Guide. <laughs> yeah, or even just talking to people at chai stands and getting like the down low information firsthand, you know. Um, uh, now that that's been a big game changer with smartphones and online bookings and all of these things that have somewhat advanced things and somewhat destroyed some of the goodness of traveling and just uh, the surprises that you can find on your way without pre-booking things. So um, I guess uh, for me and others that I've spoken with, it was kind of like we were assessing like, oh, is this the last year I'm going to be here? You know, because is it becoming all too busy, too much? You know, has has my tribe sort of moved on, mm. right? Mm. And, uh, and I think all of us were kind of questioning that. Yet, when all those people have left and now that we're stuck here in the pandemic or not stuck, but stayed by choice, the people who've left are dying to get back. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Not loving where they are at all. In fact, yeah. like wishing that they had stayed in most cases. I know. Yeah. And so um it it really has given me like a sense of appreciation again for my space and I I guess it I mean having this quiet time here in Rishikesh it it really not just gave me the sense of loving myself but it made me fall in love all over again with Rishikesh so that's the now and I don't know how I'm going to feel when that changes, you know, because now that we've had this space again to ourselves and the quiet and the beauty and everything, it's, um, it's luxurious to go across the bridge and not be asked for a selfie all the time. You know, it's like luxurious to be able to just like ride my bike straight across the bridge without a crowd of people being there. It's luxurious. Mm to walk into my favorite cafe and not have um, the tables all crowded and you can have the best seats, you know? So as much as it's not great for some of the businesses and some of the locals and, and they're really struggling, um, I really have valued the space and time now. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's a new way forward not just for here and not just for Rishikesh and not just for India, but that everywhere is going to reevaluate a little bit of lifestyle and what that means and, and where best serves you to be your best self. And I guess I can't really answer because I don't know how our, um, our future is unfolding. I think we're at this amazing time where future has really um, been eliminated. There's no sense to plan right now because it's really all out of our control. If we didn't know it before, we certainly know it now. Um, And so I'm kind of excited, you know, like of what's going to birth out of this. I'm hopeful that it's going to be better than what was. And I, can see that a lot of the systems that we've lived by that I didn't think were very progressive systems are breaking like the office system. I've never been an office worker. I could never be an office worker, but that nine to five grind, you know, like, and, and having only two days off where now people are able to work from home and, education you know um now people are able to educate themselves online in different ways you don't have to be going to school um you can be anywhere so it's kind of made us all a little bit more mobile and a little more grounded in who we are to know where we want to move to i'm just for the borders to open and hopefully there's no vaccine passports that are going to hold us back (laughs) yeah yeah 
Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I, th I mean, what I found in just before the recent lockdown in Rishikesh was that there were, like you said, there were there was a whole different genre of tourism um, coming through that we hadn't experienced before. But also equally, having said all that, there's also an interesting um, upsurge of young Indians. When I say young, I mean 20s, 30s, who are really into the zero waste kind of um, movement. Um, and, you know, the environmental sustainability um, aspects of life. And it's really actually booming. Um, and I have a lot of connections in that field because I work in that field. So I'm really surprised, you know, this is like how it was back in the UK when two decades ago, you know, when this whole movement was rising and you could get, you know, eco-friendly washing up liquid and eco-friendly, you know, dishwashing, um, not dishwashing, um, uh, with machine clothes washing powders and everything you could get, you know, and now you can get it all here. And it's like amazing because people have realized the value of like, um, you know, preserving the environment. So. I'm, I'm quite excited because recently, you know, before the recent lockdown, I was in cafes and, you know, actually going up to young Indian people saying, why are you here? It's usually the old people that come for their pilgrims or are you, have you come for rafting? And they're like, no, we'll just come for the beauty. And a, a lot of people, I think, uh, are wanting to make like, like they do in the West, they make holiday homes, you know, in places of, you know, um, I don't know, nature, so to speak, although I know Rishikesh has become a bit of a concrete jungle, but I think um, there's going to be a, a more, like you said, people can work from home, so people can live anywhere. So I think there's going to be more people living here from, you know, from, from the towns as well, from the cities. So I don't know. I don't know what shape it's going to take. It's completely unknown. Um, but um, I do see that that whole part of that 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 whole infrastructure um, is breaking down and there's a quite a strong young movement you know taking forward you know a more healthy uh, lifestyle um, so um, you know um, let's see the future yeah we only hope for what the future will bring and I, I I see the same sort of thing where you're witnessing a different type of you know, crowd that's coming in and it's just, um, yeah, it's, it's incredible that, um, there, there's just so, so many fresh ideas, I think, and, yes. and opening opportunities and it, it is coming from the younger generation that's now getting, you know, maybe they went to the cities to find work, but now they're coming out of the cities to sort of look at a different sustainability of that same type of work, you know? And uh, yeah, I agree. I think that uh, Rishikesh itself is playing an important role in that because it's um, kind of the gateway to all of it. It's the gateway to the Himalayas. It's got yeah. the Ganga flowing through it. It's got the ability of cycling, which I've seen increase exponentially um, from this lockdown, even with the locals. Um, yeah. and people are health concerns. They're more yeah. out and walking. They're, I see them exercising because the gyms are closed. It's like, no, I see people jumping on the gats and going up the stairs and running around and, um, you know, doing things that I never saw people do, um, you know, before. And now they're utilizing their environment and appreciating, you know, fresh air and sunshine and, you know, a little bit healthier sense of being. So, yeah, let's see. I hope it continues in this way and uh, doesn't regress back into something um, different. But I, I, I feel confident that there's enough people that are waking up to the fact that, you know, um, we can't eat money and uh, like you, you need to protect your environment to be able to grow your own foods to make your own space where it's mother earth look can look after you and you can look after her yeah yeah and so one last question before we round up 
Um, do you do you ever have any regrets about um, having spent the the best part of two decades um, here? Wow. Um, no regrets because life would be too short for any regrets. Um, I think, you know, you, you make your choices, um, with the best sense of knowledge and hope and, and, um, dream fulfilling that you can in that moment. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I don't have too many regrets other maybe than the fact that I didn't buy a place instead of uh, living in rent because um, that, that gives you a different sense of uncertainty and uh, it doesn't give you the ability to do everything that you would like to do. So um, in, in retrospect, I think it would have been... Um, amazing to have built something here or had the ability to do so it's just being a non-resident non-indian um you can't own anything so i think that was the only sort of um uh if i could call it a regret um it's it's just you know the way things are um mm -hmm. i i've enjoyed everything that i've done really mm -hmm. and i've very grateful for um, the gifts that I have been given and the places that uh, I've seen and the people I've met. So, no, I, I think, you know, to change one thing would alter everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add about um, the topic was about expats? So if you want to add anything, um, about that um i think the one regret that i have it, it, not regret sorry like the one comment i would add uh is more about i've lived in expat societies in other places in japan and taiwan um i've i've been in the asian scene um i've also lived in france and uh australia you know and all of them um offered sort of a community center yeah. and one thing that I've noticed that Rishikesh in particular it's segregated to different things but they don't have like one venue that sort of holds all things where there's more crossover so like I mean um, you get you know, like one building that's not just about a hotel or a yoga school or a, um, you know, a, a restaurant, but it actually houses many different classes by many different people and offers everything from perhaps art to language exchange to book exchange to, you know, dance to yoga to you know, that, that kind of community center where you can come in and find out a whole bunch of information. There's not just one platform here or venue that houses it all. And, um, you know, like even if you go into, uh, say, a multi um, uh, gym at home with a rock climbing thing with a you know, it has massage off to the side and then maybe it has, you know, an arts thing. Like, there's not that. And I think there's, um, uh, it, it forms a competition here instead of a collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's that's, yeah, maybe that's something you could do. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's your journey yeah it would be wonderful it sounds wonderful um i often had the idea not um, a decade or so ago of like creating something like that but based on the indian knowledge systems so a place where you'd have like indian you know dance and you'd have indian music and you'd have you know the various aspects of the ancient indian cultures like a place for the preservation of the culture where people could real, you know, learn the real thing. Um, but anyway, maybe maybe that's something. I don't know. That's what I had. But it's 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 not dissimilar in the sense that it would encourage 
you know, a kind of community spirit where people could come and exchange and learn about different aspects of the tradition here. Um, um, but I, I, I get, I get you, I get you. It, it, there is more of a competition here, and there are now about three hundred yoga schools and about a hundred Ayurveda centers, and you know, <clears throat> it's become a, 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 there's a lot of commercialism in 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 the so-called spirituality. Um, and I remember when I first came, when I was actually a teenager, um, to to Rishikesh. I think it was a teenager or was I my early 20s? But anyway, um, I was pretty young. Um, and, um, you know, like you said, you'd walk along and you'd see babas and you'd see little kutiyas, the little huts and everything. And, you know, you know, babas going out with their buckets and filling up their buckets, you know, for their supply of water for the day. And then, you know, me being absolutely fascinated that, you know, oh, I want to go into one of those huts. I want to see what happens in those huts and, you know, what do they do? How do they live? You know, and wanting to stay the night there. And anyway, um, here I go again. That was my, <laughs> that was my kind of like mystical, like mystical, incredible India, as they call it now, you know, mm. that, that, that I loved. But um, anyway, time changes everything everywhere so um we just you know have to adapt with with the times and as you said earlier i liked your phrase i can't remember it exactly but um something about um i can't remember it, it was about being in the place that's right for, that brings out the best of you um you know wherever that is you know um and i think you know as we change and as um places change you know that 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 can change as well. So who knows if we'll be sitting here having this talk about our expat society in decade number three, but uh, you know, I'm sure that there'll be um, a space where our heart draws us to and that we are our best selves to be in. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a lovely note to end on. And mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to thank you, Emily, for sharing um, many aspects of your life and thoughts with us today and um yeah thank you thanks for having me and i uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak about a place that i love and uh share in the two decades of time that we've both spent here yeah 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 all right thank you